Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time of the day it is for you. And welcome to the commentary for Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Uh, did I say commentary? Anyway, episode 48. Uh, I'm Bill Fisher, director. With me today is my lovely, I'm going to change the order up a little bit, my lovely assistant director, Bruce Busby. Hello, Bruce. Hello, everybody. And uh, the also lovely, it's back to that again, uh, the writer of the episode, uh, Jeffrey Bridges. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bruce. We're all lovely. It's lovely. Everyone's lovely. Lovely. I'm, I'm not lovely. Hell, I'm lovely because I've had an adult beverage. I'm good. Oh, hey. Lovely indeed. Yes, that is lovely. I'm actually kind of thirsty myself. I'll have to wait till afterwards. So. I love the slip sound. Well, yeah, we haven't had a, a... Well, we had the Geo slip, I think, when she left. But yeah, we there hasn't been a whole lot of them lately, so it's always fun to get to hear those again. Oh, yes. How you say, a difficult not to open. Oh, thank you, Perry. As approached the majestic Empire State Building, she was surprised to discover that monstrous... The voice is just perfect. It's just perfect. In her absence. Yeah. Criminy. Whatever the beast is intending to do, it ain't no good. Form up on my way. No. Uh -uh. Now, when I initially set out to write this episode, I thought it was going to be another flashback uh, for Frank. But the problem was that the action had moved away from where Frank is, and I couldn't find a way to tie it back into him without it seeming forced or like I was trying to shoehorn it in, really. So, uh, unfortunately, I just had to, uh, uh, you know, go on with where the story was going and uh, leave that behind. But right. Well, in that case, carry Poor Frank, he misses another episode of Without a Flashy Becky. We'll see him again before the show's over, then. Don't worry. Yes. But oh, I'm not worried about that. This bit here was a lot of fun. Having It's always uh, kind of like a rare treat when I have the characters actually interact with the announcer, which it has happened before, but it doesn't happen that often. And um, I believe, uh, credit where it's due, that it was initially Susan's idea. I had Billingsley going in and the, the elevator just being out of order, and she was like, well, what if he, you know, tried to take it, but the announcer just, like, changed it. I'm like, that's brilliant! So in it went. So there it was. Very good, Susan. Of the Empire State Building and spotted the elevator. She will now, like, pull that over you on the next trip. <laughs> That's brilliant! The elevator out of order. Now, hold on. That's not in the script. It is now. You can't do that. I love that, that the announcer can rewrite on the fly here. Well, you know, he's kind of controlling the show, so. Yeah. The elevator, which was out of order. And so he took the stairs. Going off that was a beautiful line read on going up Meanwhile, from, from Billings later. Steve Anderson. On a wild goose chase. Yeah, no one so this gets quite quite gets the being, you know, uh, indignantly annoyed as, as well as Steve as Billingsley does. So. Oh, yes. so yes. So this beeping, for the record, is a duplicate. Somebody created a duplicate of the beep, 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 beep from The Incredibles. Oh, excellent. Hideous. I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't remember a beepy beepy from the Incredibles. I did? Oh, I mean, yes, of course I did. I always knew it would work. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Nebulon! Oh, fine, fine, whatever. Nebulon 2000! What do you require? I want to say that, that Amanda's line reads as Nebulon always surprised me even no matter how long she's been doing the role because 
the the cadence that she puts into them and how she varies up the inflection and just you never know exactly how she's going to say a line and I really love that it it just cracks me up so yeah no I was uh, she had some interesting line re- reads I think in the credits which I thought were much different and still good mm-hmm. so. Blue goo. Oh no, blue go, blue goo. Ah yes. On the splash of some debate. I'm proud of that sound, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it took several passes. I mean, between Jeffrey and Bill to make sure that that was a, the right sound. So that was a good splash. Well done. Yes, I, I approve of the splash. And I wonder what irreplaceable product we shall be delighted with. By Gar? Wow. You sound like... Come on. With the irreplaceable assistant. <laughs> you know it's true. I like the uh, the variation in the way they announced Noel and Fortune Yeah, I didn't want to keep it the exact same every time. So every episode I was trying to come up with something, some slightly different way of bringing him in. And I, I'm just glad the scripts are done because I was running out of those and that was getting tough. So. Fortune Divine, together at last and up for all time. If only for, you know, they would read that according to the script. <laughs> it's like, it, it sounds good that way, but it's not quite, you know... Yeah, in the last line of, of that, that the second triplet song, um, Kristen always flips two of the words, but it sounds fine yeah. the way she says it, and it, it's probably just easier for her to sing it that way, so yeah, I've never complained about it. It works fine for me, so. No, it sounds good. I... Of many a mainstay of higher education. Yeah. Yep. Yes, my dear. All of those things and more. And I hate to be the bearer of that. I'm so happy to, to be seeing the dean again. I missed him. Yes. Well, no, didn't. <laughs> well, of course not. Why would Noel be happy? And that's another uh, set of line reads. I'm never quite sure how the inflections are going to come out with uh, Jerry Crawford as the dean. He puts the the oddest pauses and, and everything in there. I don't know. It just cracks me up. It's absolutely hilarious. So. Oh, it's good. It, it's old man pauses. He does a really good job of old man pausing. Don't ask Fortune Divine to lie. Oh, that's right. She's a good, upstanding American woman. She could never. Very well then. We shall I particularly like the whisper. Oh, I'm I'm right on time. Well, maybe you didn't start the episode at the same time. I wasn't reading at all. So there. Oh. Well, you might be writing in your mind and recalling what you wrote. Possibly, although my memory is pretty terrible, so I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> Duel of Wits. Well, we know who's going to win that one. <laughs> Never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Oh, bonus points. Nice, nicely done. Thank you. Is it over? Wouldn't you know that it was? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. I meant it is over. That was one of the few lines um, of Noel's that I wrote, I remember, that wasn't in all caps. Uh, almost, for, I mean, most people out there don't see the scripts, but when Noel speaks, it, it's always, always all caps, because everything he says is the most exciting thing he's ever said to him. Except for occasionally, when he's a little unsure of himself, and then I, I write his lines out like a normal person, that was one of them. But, oh, oh yes, yes. So. No, no, actually, it was, is it over? It was. Oh, was it that the one? I knew it was in there somewhere. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Maybe you'd like to try something different. 
Something delicious? Something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other food stuff. Knocking the spots off. Now, if that's the case, why don't you ask your Yeah, this one was largely based off of a uh, Wheaties commercial, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I've always kind of wondered what products. I mean, you've always mentioned the uh, the, the source material mm -hmm. for all the and, and not mentioned specific brand names for obvious reasons. Uh, well, uh, just because I don't remember them. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are, are not necessarily uh, you know brands or even companies that are still around. Uh, right. So I don't n normally remember, but this one stuck out in my mind because of the uh, the crackly, cr crunchy, crispy, golden brown, and that is just like in my mind. It's like, well, that's what Wheaties look like. So uh, that, I guess I just kind of stuck. But the, yeah, that was an actual uh, Wheaties commercial. So. Wants to see them eat a big heaping bowl of nourishment. And your mother probably. A big heaping bowl of nourishment. Yeah, nourishment. The very same amount of heat producing units as the foodstuffs. Yeah, that, that bit was right out of the commercial. Heat producing units. That's obviously calories, but yeah. Yes, yes, but, <laughs> but you know, make them sound as scientific as possible, so. Remind your mother to look for the famous seal of acceptance of the Umket Medical Association whenever she buys Umket replacement foodstuffs. That seal means. There's a place you don't want to go for a checkup. Yeah, really. Come in. Are a pure product, honestly advertised. And, and honestly, honestly, we're advertising. This <laughs> <laughs> is good. I I really liked the commercial and, and credits of this. I mean, the rest of the episode too. But uh, I was laughing at the when I read the script. Excellent. My my one worry about it was I wasn't sure the um, bowling ball bits. Uh, worked, and not because of the mixing or anything like that, but I wasn't sure that they they worked in the context of the way I wrote it. I wasn't sure if it was... Yeah, I wasn't as happy with that bit as I have been with most of the other commercial bits. So. Yeah. And even catless cat food. Catless cat food. That kills me. Good. That's cutting bread. Mmm. Eating something. Um, Swallowing. It tastes like cock. <laughs> I got a little it's bit of guff for, for that line. Um, from Am or from a... Who thought it Susan. might have been pushing things a little bit. But I was like, I don't, I don't see what's pushing. It's cock for the bathroom, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, from who did you catch black on that? From Susan, he says. When she oh, did well. the first edit pass, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't sure if that was, the, you know, but it's just cock. Yeah, it's cock. <laughs> it's just cock. That's amazing. So the the bowling ball sounds. Now that we've passed one of them, they're actually really hard to find. Really, I was surprised. I, you know, all my sources, no, 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 no. none of them had a really good uh, bowling sound. I found one, and I had to use it. Fading oh, from popularity, perhaps. I don't know. You should let me know, because I, I had like a whole batch of ball drop, ball roll, ball in the gutter, ball at the uh, strike, blah, 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 blah. So what Bruce is saying is he knows balls. <laughs> Thank you very much, yes. And for our in the air, That's a new tagline. You should put it on your your business card. Bruce Busby knows ball. Knows ball. You got that nice alliterative effect, you know. It works. Yeah. 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 Well, 
We must aggravate it further. If we get any closer, he'll... I love that line. Aggravate it further. That was a pretty good imitation of Perry Whittle's Benedict. Uh, well done. Yeah, actually. Back at the remnants of the B-ship. Ready. <laughs> you got annoyed with me. Quiet. <laughs> nice to hear uh, Geist again too. Been quite a long time. Yeah, it has been. But you got to get everybody in their most powerful state for the last couple episodes. That's right. You gotta well, gotta build it up. That's all well and good, or perhaps more accurately, all well and evil. But what about that? Was excellent. That was a great take. Yeah, it's not like we brought the seat covers with us. What the hell does that mean? Oh, you know, they've been talking about those for seasons, working on the seat cover re redesign over on the weekends and such. Ah, yeah, when they're not no, when they're not making bunt cake, they're right? When they're not making the seat bunt. covers. I don't know. Don't look at me. I was never very into demolitions. <laughs> I love that side. So Nebulon 2000 has lungs? What? <laughs> Are you going to tell her she can't have them? I mean, go oh, ahead. You, you can be the one to let her know. Like yeah, I guess I'll pass on that. Thanks. <laughs> Look to the south. There's so much smoke. Blue smoke. Now, wait a minute. Hmm. I think you, you messed up in your research a little bit here. Did I? Maybe. Where did the, the B-ship crash down? I just noticed this. I don't think it was ever specified exactly where. Okay. Well, then I guess you didn't necessarily mess up. <laughs> you were thinking Central Park, weren't you? But that's where Bill Yes, I was. That's not where the beast crashed. Right. I don't think I ever actually said where the beast went down, so... Okay. Well, then you probably crashed somewhere. After all the research I did in the geography of the city for planning these, this whole last season, so... Yeah, exactly. I might have. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I specified well, I where it went down, though. I don't think you did, and therefore you're safe. Must have gone down in, like, Battery or... area. <laughs> <laughs> It's possible he's still alive. I love that voice. Oh yeah. I want to say here that bit when uh, a geist flies through the plane, I really like the uh, the way the sound of that whole bit came out. That was very very cool. Thank you. That uh, took a lot of work because there was. Don't worry. I, the, I didn't really have a lot of uh, beast noise to work with, uh, so I had to sort of improvise with what was given me. What did you do with uh, for all the the like you know the other sound effects in the scene? Did you have to make anything for that or? Uh, no, actually I didn't. The uh, the 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 noise that would replace the flashy backy noise was something someone had created on uh, freesound.org and I uh, you know I thought it was perfect for the situation nice find yeah and then um, the rest was just you know normal sound effects right she slithered right up the fuselage through the canopy into the cockpit and shot right through our very own Dixie Stenberg. I've been finding a lot of more useful music in the California melodies than I had in previous episodes. Like this one is could be better, but it's it's pretty good for the scene. Yeah, actually, I I uh, I wanted to say. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this in the email to you when you sent the first draft that I really like the the music behind a bunch of the scenes in here. It seems really really well fit in a, in a lot of the parts, and I mean that. 
That has to take just as long as putting the rest together, I would imagine, going through those episodes. So it's 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 it took took me a couple days. Yeah. Crescendo thing was actually perfectly timed. Yeah, yeah. Whether whether by design or accident, it was really good. Well, um, I would like to take credit for it, so I will because I actually did play <laughs> it that go. way. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that came out much better. Yes. Yeah, that, the echo effect I had on the first draft was a little too much. That's the least of your worries. I actually had to uh, time stretch the the dive bomb here because the one I had was about half as long. Oh well, it worked really well. I'm, the first time I listened to it, uh, the, the whole dive and then the, the, this here with the engine where it starts back up and pulling up, I totally got goosebumps. So it was a really nice uh, suite of effects and the way they all played together. It came out really nice. Thank you. She can make out three people seemingly admiring the wreckage. Can't tell who they are. But then a portion of the smoke cleared, and the sun glinted off an unmistakable Nebula 2000 obviously has very good hearing, too. No, 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 no. Robotic hearing, you know. Confirmed, Dixie reached for that I actually had to mute the plane noise there, so Nebulon sounded like she was, you know, oh, no. camera was pointing at Nebulon 2000 at the time. Again? And this, of course, is a callback to, oh my gosh, I don't know if it was the first or second season, I don't remember now, when uh, uh, Freudenberg first put the robot into a, a bomb and they dropped it down and it attacked the troops yeah. and everything. I don't remember exactly when that was, but yeah, so had to use that again. Yeah. Had to get these two together again before the show was over. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very unlike you. Even we, yeah. even automatons, respect the gene. Oh, come on. How about you respect my machine gun here? <laughs> Poor guy sounds kind of like Jimmy Stewart. You know, <laughs> how about you just like you respect my machine gun hand? <laughs> He's the nicest, nice guy robot there ever was. Yeah. <laughs> Dixie poured on the speed. The uh, the walla there was it didn't quite mesh very well, but I, I did the best I could. With. I had to chop up uh, Ryan Pickens a little bit to make him fit better with Amanda. I thought it worked all right, and the the uh, the ad lib about the handsaw was pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. And I I, I put the little Nebulon sigh at the end there because she's like, okay, fine, whatever. But those nats were soon to become. See, that's that's the director's conundrum. When to Frankenline, when not to. Yep. Yeah. Here's another example of the more appropriate music I found. Yeah. And the doors to the observation deck opened and out strolled one Reginald P. Billingsley. And And Steve turning in the lines is sounding slightly out of breath, so well done. Yes. Although after those many stairs, he might have, you know, collapsed, but... Yeah, really. He's three floors. uh, Superhumanly evil. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. 
Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. What about the ones of us that ain't there? Because we're over here. And this here, of course, these end credits were, uh, as I was explaining before, I had thought this would be a flashback episode for Frank. And so when it wasn't, that was naturally where the uh, the end credits seemed to go, was Frank calling me out on that. And as you see, you know, a bunch, a bunch of them keep calling me out on the things they're unhappy with. So. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree with them. That darn writer is just freaking... Yeah, he stinks. Quit being sore, you said. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. And it's a wonderful, I mean, truly wonderful ad coming up. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you appreciated the, the ad lib because, frankly, it was just too good to pass up. Oh, you're talking about the one from Pete? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a master of ad libs, and yes, that it cracked me up quite a bit. Yes. I particularly like Withersby. Uh, Saying I don't, I'm not crying about it if, unless you happen to look at my unless you look at my trailer. Good, because if you had been spying on me in my dressing room, that would be underhanded, <laughs> <Yeah>. unfortunate, and <laughs> oh, dressing room, sorry, and trailer. Pete Mylan as Frydenberg. Yeah, this is a radio show. There. From three roles in one episode to not even be in the next one except for the credits. Sorry. And let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, that was the line, and then this is all. Yeah. This is all just Pete. It's a commercial. It's seven pages long. That's half the script. We could have defeated Scar like ten issues ago. I gave Bill the option of choosing the straight line, but, I mean, frankly, that was just too good to pass No, you had to keep that. I wish he had done more that we could put after the uh, end bumper. He just would have kept going. Yeah, damn it, he's always into credits. No. Scotty V did this perfect job of. Oh, God, no, no, no. Oh, and Frank, too. You were just saying that about dicks because she's your wife. Well, no. No, yes, well, haven't gone yet. Not only that, the show is named for her, after all. We serve her pleasure. After all, she's the strongest, most capable... Why does it sound like the queen? You're embarrassing me. <laughs> we serve at her pleasure. Right. Sorry. I don't know. I Apparently, I, I can only write in an, an authoritative British voice when I write British people. I don't know. <laughs> well, you would if you had a better line. Nah, it's true. I agree with others. Writers should be found... At least he wasn't speaking in, you know... Third person, so extreme. right. Can I at least bend his bones until his bones. he does what we like? Maybe. I actually had to chop together some extra music here for the means I can end credits. Time to kiss yeah, they they go on kind of ridiculously long, as usual. So yeah, I don't have a complaint about it. It's just <laughs> you know, it it seems like well, you know, in the forties, all songs were about three minutes long due to the restrictions of the. 78. Mm, 78, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're they're like, the credits are like six and a half minutes long, so I have to... Now, I, I, have, to, I have to interject here. I really like the phrase, get your smooching on. Fine, fine. Major point, Mr. Typewriter in the sky. I'm glad it works for you. Mr. Typewriter in the sky. Good job. I think we ch- change your title from executive producer to Mr. Typewriter in the sky. Excellent choice. Philip Weber as SCAR Trooper One. Oh, how insulting! David Alf as SCAR Trooper Two. Yeah, I know. What are the chopped bunt? Yeah. Mm, more bunt. I, I no, no, no liver. I mean, 
chopped liver, yes, but I mean, bunt? But they don't, they don't eat, eat liver, they eat bunt. That's right, they're all about the bunt. He's not. Trust me. as the amazing Noel. It's true. He's the most insidious looking man to ever walk the earth. Also, he's pasty and a poor planner. And his mother very smells of elderberries. Very poor planner, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, gosh. What did he ooh, ever do to you? That was just another dig at myself for not being able to fit in the uh, McGuff flashback that I'd wanted, so. Yeah. A nice announcer man will tell you exactly what he what did he to me. Did. He brought back Jerry Crawford as the Dean. There shall be a reckoning, sir. I say a reckoning. <laughs> and here the beast gets to say something once again. Yeah. Yeah. Sure could use recalibrating. Amanda Fitzwater Ooh. as Nebulon 2000. Of course you could, because I cleaned your... It's like a love-hate thing. This is so, so bizarre. Well, you know, uh, one's good and one's evil, but but Nebulon, you know, they're both robots, and therefore inherently superior to organic beings. So. Sam Young yes. as the beast. You shall be a reckoning and destruction, and you shall all perish. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Bridges, <laughs> that's the commercial. So evil, Nice eat. Stay tuned next time for yeah. a very important message. Only at pendantaudio.com. You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure. Well, here we are at the end of another episode. Yay. Yay. Two left. Two more to go, and they're big ones, people. I, I don't know who listens to this, so you know. And it also makes excellent replacement filler for your bowling balls. Oh, I, I feel so. So, uh, to all of you out there in audio drama land, good night. <laughs> See you next time, folks. And and believe me, it's worth the wait. <laughs>